Alright, welcome to episode 7 of the podcast. In this episode, my friends and I talk about the state of churches in America today, kind of how Protestantism got us here, and what we should be doing both as individuals and as churches to pursue a deeper, more holistic practice of our faith. I hope you enjoy. All right, hey guys. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good. Yeah, I'm. I'm there with you. Here. Like here. I am well. I'm at that state of being with you, which is it's, good. It's just well with my soul. It's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, so what's new? Pussy cat. Ooh, is that not the song? What? What's new? Pussycat. Okay. Oh, no? Yeah, just <clears throat> the intro to that, you very much emphasized. Pussycat, I know. Uh, and I was even like, maybe the kinda... first half of that word a lot stronger, and then, yeah. you got, and then you got timid, and I was like, uh, ooh. Puss, yeah, it's, it was weird. But I knew what I was doing. Man, aren't <laughs> we glad we don't prepare these? Yes. <laughs> what you had, gems you had all we the confidence in the world. I was a little scared. <laughs> Well, cool. Cool. What, uh, why are we here? <laughs> We're here because so it's Monday. We want to talk ready. about, uh, why everything sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, we got to narrow it down a little bit more than that. We'd be why? here all night. That's true. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we had talked, uh, this is, this is kind of a recurring topic just among our peer group, and it's also something that I've put around with the idea of us just kind of spitballing about here tonight, and that's, um what we kind of perceive as being some of the flaws in let's just say American Christianity and the way that uh, the gospel gets handled specifically. I mean, you know, you can say America, the West, uh, that kind of stuff. Cause I know Eric, you and I talk a lot about this um, specifically with regard to like the local church and how you think there's a, there's a lot of emphasis on things that don't need to be emphasized and then an inadequate amount of emphasis on uh, things that you would say are, are more central and important. So, I don't know. Who wants to take it? <laughs> Kevin, I guess you put your hand in the ring. Did I? Yeah, you made a noise. <laughs> we all have our little buzzers for when we chime in. I wish I had that. No, like, why don't you set the stage? Why don't you, yeah. You know, set the stage. Yeah, set so you stage. two are also planning or, you know, thinking about um, doing a podcast specifically yeah. about um, yes. what would what would the topic be? I don't know if you guys want to say the, the title of it, what it's going to be or. Well, oh, this is going to be a backdoor podcast. This whole podcast has been a circuitous <laughs> attempt to launch. This, this, yeah. is, a back, this is a backdoor pilot podcast. to exactly. their podcast. Uh, this it. is our last episode. It's, <laughs> the mission, I guess, is the reason why I wanted to do a podcast. I think Kevin also was. I mean, we have kind of similar but different um, upbringing and and how we navigated through christian how we became christians and stuff and it was just seeing a lot of <laughs> it's already dang it but uh just seeing kind of the same kind of different <laughs> also similar well you didn't you didn't grow up catholic right i didn't grow up religious right at all no yeah i did 
And then it went, you grew up Roman Catholic. Roman yeah. Catholic, and then going into Protestantism, there was a lot of weird things. But just now, like entering into Protestantism, I didn't realize it, but it was happening. Uh, and then it wasn't until later that I realized there's a lot going on with Protestantism. There's a lot, obviously, going on in America with with the Protestantism, Christian Church, and stuff. And you're so, saying like you kind of had your eyes open to how diverse the like how blanket of a term Protestantism was and how many people would consider themselves Protestants and how diverse that group is? Yeah, because like right away, one of the first issues I had to deal with was baptism. Yeah. And yeah. oh my goodness, I got so many different answers. Yeah, because everyone from like a high church Lutheran to a, you know, Assemblies of God person would say, oh yeah, like we kind of fall into that blanket of Protestantism. It's not a yeah. super helpful term anymore. No, I mean, they all have in common that they're not Roman Catholic. They're not Roman Catholic <laughs> or Eastern Orthodox. Protest probably a lot of stuff the Catholic uh, Catholics do if they even know. But um, anyways, that's kind of why I want to do the podcast was because like, hey, uh, there's there's just a lot of issues going on with Christianity, whether you, whatever expression of it that you can think of, it doesn't even have to be Protestant. Um, but we would obviously be dealing with a lot of Protestant things because that's kind of in the circle that we find ourselves in. But we would also scope out, or not scope out, but we would back up and kind of like zoom out is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and look at church history and, and why there is in a Protestantism and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Kevin, if you have anything to add. Yeah, I think my vision... For like the podcast is to i guess bring a commentary on the current you know situation of the of the church uh while bringing in the perspective of you know like historical christianity mm -hmm. um my first exposure to christianity was through a non-denominational church mm -hmm. you know my I, it's called discovery church it was very um contemporary worship how old were you? Um, you were like a teenager or? Kinda... I was about 17. Okay. Um, and you yeah, grew up? Yeah, senior year of high school. Hardcore atheist, agnostic, like you said. I not, would say I was like, more like religion. a, yeah, I wasn't necessarily a hardcore atheist. I would say I uh, was like hedonistic okay. in a sense and just sort of indifferent okay. towards God. Um, American. Yeah, pretty much, honestly, just American. I almost got a spit take out of here. Yeah. I should have waited like a half second longer. No, that's exactly right. America. Okay. You know, I didn't have any uh, hostility mm -hmm. uh, per se. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, towards God or, or towards religion necessarily. It was just like, no, I don't really believe in that. I don't, And I would rather just do mm -hmm. my own thing. Uh, but anyway, so the non-denominational, you know, form of Christianity was what I experienced at first. And that was what I knew. And I didn't know that yeah. there were all these different denominations. These um, I didn't understand flavors. the the okay. difference between Roman Catholic yeah. and Protestantism. <clears throat> um, different forms of worship. And uh, so all of that was, was sort of a new... Uh, it was a new part of the, mm. the journey. Discovering those things. Discovery Church. Boom. Discovery Church, yeah. <laughs> So, but the, <laughs> but I think like my heart and what I think we all want is to like, what, what is the authentic Christianity? Like, 
what does it mean to be authentically Christian? Uh, and at first, you know, I, you know, I thought this was, this is Christianity. And then you realize there are different forms of Christianity. It's like, so yeah. what is the authentic And that there form are people who really intensely disagree. Like there are people who would say, right. oh yeah, I follow Christ. And also what it means, what it looks like to legitimately follow Christ is to, you know, let's say you, you must speak in tongues or else you're not legitimately, like you have no relationship with the spirit or other people would say, uh, you know, you must uh, baptize your infants, you know, that are born into the covenant community. And like people have these hills that they're definitely willing to die on. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, Eric, you said you were brought up Roman Catholic where you, and you kind of had an idea even from a young age at what the difference between that and no. Protestantism is or no. no okay. Honestly, my first impression of Protestants were, well, those are the guys that play rock. This is like church. the hippie Christians. Yeah. We're like the formal, and they're the laid-back Christians. Yeah. yeah, it was like that's it's just like if there's a guitar, they're trying to make uh, they're trying to make it cool, but it's coming off really cheesy. Hey, <laughs> that's a that's a pretty accurate analysis. <laughs> that's what like, I felt like yeah. as a rock. and it was weird. I remember first time hearing uh, like because I was uh, invited to a youth group at a at a non-denominational. Uh, did you go Christ. to church as a kid like did you go yeah. like so weekly not just ceo christmas and easter only uh it's it's uh switched on and off because my okay. dad goes every sunday okay even uh, now even to now. roman catholic church yeah uh my mom doesn't always okay. go um but so i would say semi-frequently we were never like only christmas and easter yeah. we would go beyond that and times i would just go with my dad if okay. nobody else went uh, but like, I, when I went to a youth group, it was at 11th grade, and I remember the first time hearing a song, and it's talking about like we love you, God, or something like that, like loving God, and I was like, this is making me feel uncomfortable yeah. because I don't think we're <laughs> allowed to Jesus say that. Jesus, my boyfriend, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love God. So that's what. But that's how all these questions started coming because uh, my friends would be asking me like about Mary and all this stuff and saints. And all that stuff, and I, I remember giving like a very generic Catholic defense of, well, we don't really uh, venerate, pray. Right? We venerate. Yeah, yeah, we're not praying to Mary. We're just asking her to pray for us. And it's like, yeah, but well, <laughs> that's prayer, dude. And, and how are you asking her? Yeah, exactly. Through uh, oratory. Yeah, no. There's, there's definitely veneration of the saints and of Mary, and I would say it's it's almost feels like. Uh, I mean, it is to me pagan, and it's similar to how the Greek and Romans, and not just them, any kind of polytheistic culture, like there's a god for everything. Yeah. Because like my patron mom, saint yep. of bees, yeah. patron saint. My of, mom yeah. even was like my sister or her boyfriend at the time had like uh, they lost their phone, and so my mom's like, "You should pray to Saint So and So because they're the pa patron saint of lost things." And oh, I thought like, you were gonna say uh, lost phone. <laughs> Man, they really they do have, have one of That's very interesting. There's a different saying for keys like a, and a yeah. different one for like <laughs> the TV remote. It's a Christianized I, like paganism. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was gonna say like I had a very similar experience to Eric. Like I grew up Roman Catholic, and like my perception of Protestantism was uh, pilgrims and wasps. <laughs> like yeah. like that was pretty like that was pretty much it. Like like so you didn't think of acoustic guitars when you thought of Protestants, no like. Or? It was, it was like, oh, like, you mean, like, the colonists, ultra rich, then, like, yeah. New Englanders oh, yeah. who, uh, are Christians, mm. um, 
sarcastic and, quotation marks. Yeah. Um, or, you know, pilgrims who mm -hmm. uh, wanted religious freedom, whatever uh, form that looked from like. From other Protestants, from the Anglicans. Um, <clears throat> and so, like, and even, like, Thanksgiving, um, you know, my family is still very largely Roman Catholic and... Mm. Uh, like Thanksgiving, like my grandmother was asking me like some questions about my religion, huh. um, and like I don't love eating meat right off the bone. Oh, so yeah. like if you give me like a T-bone, like I will spend probably You'll way too much it, time right? yeah. cutting it off, huh. removing the bone, and then approaching it. You don't know, like peeling a... it off with your no, teeth? I I, yeah. I really don't. And really? so like I love it. Yeah. And Ribs. so um, and my wife lovingly was serving me food, and there's uh. I don't know if it was a pork chop or a turkey. Uh, and and they're like, oh, here, take this piece for Miguel. And the man's like, oh, Miguel doesn't like meat on the bone. Like, either let me take it and I'll strip it off for him or, like, let me find a piece <laughs> that doesn't. Um, he cut the crust off his <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, hey, I said it. No, it, I got it's, you. it's a pork and my wife lovingly did it for me and I appreciate it. What a woman. And, and my grandmother was like, um, is that because of your religion? <laughs> is that like And a, I was like, no, thing, it's or... not because... <sighs> Yes, grandmother, it is because of yeah. my religion. Like, <laughs> why am I going to continue to fight? Have you not like... read? Thou <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, shall not eat. The but uh, yeah, like, I, I feel like uh, I feel <laughs> like Catholics <laughs> are um, not exposed very well to other forms of Christianity, and it's just Roman Catholic. You have a pope; he's the boss. Uh, he responds to God. Um, and everyone else just has it wrong. Um, I feel like, uh, Roman Catholics perception of Protestantism is most Protestants, uh, is the same as like most Protestants view of like Mormonism where they're like, Oh, those, weirdos you can call yourself there, that, yeah. but you got it wrong. Sorry. Like so close. Huh? That's, that's interesting. interesting. I've, I've never heard that, but that like, I have yeah. all the right categories for that idea to just plug in. You yeah. know, and to, mm -hmm. to start functioning. I would say that Protestants probably view a lot of, like, Roman Catholicism as similar to Mormons. Well, I grew sort up... Of a cultic... I grew tradition. up, like, really ultra, like, fundamentalist Baptist. And uh, I definitely... My narrative growing up was, like, the Roman Catholic Church is, like, the Roman Empire of the Middle Ages that was constantly, like, uh, trying to suppress the truth of God's word. You could think like medieval Nazis almost like they were out there like, and you know, like I, I learned in church about the inquisition and I learned in church about, uh, you know, just different martyrs for their faith. Like, I mean, and it, that's actually pretty because fundamentalism doesn't have a really re, uh, rich, deep history. The idea of like dispensational fundamentalist Baptist only goes back, you know, what, like 150 years or something. And, but still I would learn like, Hey, there are these guys that we don't really like them either, but they were killed by the Catholics. So like, uh, you know, a Martin Luther or a John Calvin. Well, you know, Calvin wasn't. Those guys weren't. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, guys like Huss. You know, Huss was burned at the stake or, or Wycliffe. Like they dug up his bones and burned them all. So I definitely learned that like the Catholics were the bad guys who like after the Reformation happened, kind of lost a lot of their world domination power, um, which I think, you know, there's some legitimacy to that okay. narrative. But I also, a, a weird thing about fundamentalism, fundamentalist Baptists, is that they are also radically, like, they will die saying, we are not Protestants. 
like we did not come out of a movement that was reacting against the Catholic Church. There have always been a group of people all for the last 2000 years, going back to Paul, who were faithfully um, uh, believing exactly what we believe about the scriptures. Hmm. And so there were actually pamphlets that I would read about that type of stuff. And man, hmm. that that's like the type of idea that can really only survive a pre-internet age. Because once, like, honestly, I'm, I'm a teenager, a late teenager, like maybe just getting out of high school or something. And I start Googling these groups that apparently we are descended from. And they're a bunch of wackos, you know, <laughs> like we would be called, oh, the Montanists and the Novations and the Donatists. Like, oh, th those were the people. That's what you would have called a Baptist back in the year, mm -hmm. you know, 400 or the year 1100 or something. And then you go back and, I mean, just Wikipedia search them. And it's like, wow, those guys, uh. They were kind of weird. Well, that's, yeah. that's so, the problem. Uh, you go into Wikipedia. The Roman Catholics exactly they control. Yeah, the Wikipedia. They, they've they've changed the Wikipedia page. No, but uh, I, I'll say like Wikipedia? you know I, I went to I went to a fundamentalist Baptist Wikipedia. college, and really it was it was taking it was taking church history. I was already kind of becoming reformed in my theology, but it was taking church history that really ushered me out the door, oh, because yeah. it was showing me like if you're gonna be a part of this camp. You're going to have to, and you know, there, there's a, there's a, I think maybe a nobility in saying, look, I get that I can't point to Luther or whoever as like my forefather, but we, we believe that the scriptures say this. Um, and so regardless of what people have been doing for the last 2000 years, we're going to stick to what we believe is a faithful interpretation of scripture. And I think that's fine. But when you also start saying, and there has been a trail of us going back the last 2000 years, like you can't really substantiate it. And it's one of those great, I don't want to say lies, but it's one of those great mistruths that like, you can't really falsify it. So you can't defeat it. Right. It's like, you can't, it's an untestable hypothesis because all the records are corrupt, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, I definitely <clears throat> learned that the Roman Catholics were like the medieval Nazis, like mm. trying to hunt down and suppress the true strand, you know, the, the, um, the remnant of God's people that were, um, basically hiding underground or like barely surviving for those years until America. Until, <laughs> until John Hagee. John Hagee, wow. <laughs> He's the guy who wrote the Left Behind books. <clears throat> John Hagee wrote them? Right? No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No. No, who who, who the wrote the Left Behind books? The last prophet, the last Old Testament prophet, John Hagee. Who wrote the Left Behind books? You're gonna have to Google it. Cause yeah, but you know, that was who, pretty. What do you who, what do you picture when you see John Hagee? The guy who wrote the Left Behind books. You know what he looks like? <laughs> no, I don't know. Because I could tell you if that's him. I don't know what Jesus looked like. I think he wrote the Blood Moon books. <laughs> Is yeah, that him? Maybe. Yeah. That's not the same guy. I I just didn't. Know. I thought they were all okay. the same guy. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like them. Martin Luther. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah. So regarding church backgrounds. Sorry, hold, hold, sorry Peter. Uh, Tim LaHaye and, and Jerry B. Jenkins. Oh, I thought it was in John Hagee. Yeah, huh. do you know who John Hagee is? No, is he the Blood Moon guy? He's the Blood Moon guy, and he's like really supports Israel. Is he really the Blood Moon guy? Because I just made that up. Yeah, he, well, he thinks like that. He's like that kind of uh, huh. with revelation, and it's uh, it's coming soon. And yeah, uh, dispensationalist. Yeah, dispensationalist. Yeah, dispensational. yeah, that kind of That's stuff. what I was looking so for. So Tim LaHaye. Okay. Back on the subject of church backgrounds. I grew up going to a non-denominational church, so for the longest time, like what, like especially when I started going to like middle school and 
high school. I went to a Christian school at the time. My my entire middle school year and high school year, and people were asking me what kind of uh, denomination I am. I, I didn't know what I was for the longest time because I went to a uh, non-denominational church. So my grandparents they went to a Baptist church. So I guess that time are I, they up in Virginia? Yeah, they, up, they, up they, in, okay. Yeah, up in Virginia. They yeah they they're Southern Baptist, and I guess some of my family would identify as Southern Baptist. Baptist, but that wasn't my background. My background was going yeah. to a non. You never thought of yourself as a Southern Baptist as as a younger person. Yeah, I would I you didn't... say that the church you go to now is non-denominational? Yes, yeah, Celebration Community. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would say it's non-denominational. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because yeah. Uh, we have a path, pastor who has a Catholic background. No, does he? That, that's what I've heard. Right. Right. No, he he grew up. Kind of like I did, very right wing fundamentalist Baptist. Right. Type oh, of thing. Uh, maybe Heidi. Um, Heidi was Catholic. Okay, yeah, Heidi grew up Catholic. Okay, yeah. maybe it was Heidi. That's her okay. wife. But yeah, there's there's Catholics there. There's Presbyterians. Uh, there's yeah people from different denominations joining together at a church. So that's what gives it away. That's non denominational. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's it's frustrating to me because, <clears throat> like, I think you do your church a service when you put a denominational title on it of at least like being forthright with saying like just so you know pretty much we fall into this camp so like all of our elders are baptists we don't baptize babies i've never i've been there for for seven years now and like i've never heard anyone speak in tongues but like let's not put baptists on our sign because then there are people who would look at us and be like nope baptist church not going to that i've had people at our church uh, say, like, oh, I'm so glad I found this church. I, I went to, well, I'm thinking of one person at our church, and she said, I'm so glad I, I found our church. I moved to this area, and I tried every church in the area, and I just never found a good one. And then she goes, well, I tried every church except for the Baptist churches because I would never go to a Baptist church. And I was like, you realize this is a Baptist church, right? She's like, no, it's not. I said, all of our elders are Baptist. Anyway. People don't yeah. know what Baptist yeah. means. Yeah. Non- People think Baptist means mean. <laughs> and I think that the Baptists have kind of done that to themselves. Yeah. Speaking yeah. as a Baptist, I would say I'm a Reformed Baptist. Yeah. So, 1689. Yeah, and even back then, um, I I didn't even know what non-denominational was. I just knew I went to a church. Did you know what Baptist meant back then? Like, if, if someone said, like, do you know what, or even like Catholic, would you say you know you would have known back then what Roman Catholics were? Um, like medieval Nazis? When I was really young, no, but gr- growing older, I've become aware of like what denominations are, what Baptist meant, what, what a Catholic was. So yeah, I, grew- I guess around the time when I was a teenager, I, that's when I started understanding about <clears throat> some <throat> denominations, like very basic. Uh, so things. then with the podcast that you guys are looking to, to start, are you specifically looking to address what you see as shortcomings or just kind of talk Christianity in general? We would be talking about both because we want to give a context to like, okay, so if we say there's a shortcoming, well, is there any roots to it? Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Got so it. like we want to give a context. And you'd be really exploring history when you talk about that. Yeah, because... So what are some of the like, like how, largest... How did we get here? Yeah, like how did we find ourselves in this mess? Yeah. So what do you think are some of the larger ones? And this is open, like I'm not just asking... Yeah. Larger uh, issues? Lar- yeah, larger, like more glaring um, 
like the emperor has no clothes type of moments or uh, issues in in Christianity, you know, where it's like they think that they're covered or like, you know, robed in this orthodoxy or whatever. And it's like, dude, you have nothing on right now. There's a lot. <laughs> I think it's it's. Uh, I don't think Protestants understand or they maybe romanticize and so i mean i'll just speak because of, of a, the american church because mm -hmm. that's just who i am i'm american i can't speak for like european or in other mm -hmm. uh, places but i think uh they don't <clears throat> like when you read about church history it affected you and you realize okay because mm -hmm. you actually got to see how things got developed to be, yeah. yeah and i think either people don't know they have an ignorance to understanding protestantism like how it came to be or they romanticize it too much and uh i don't think either is healthy and i i think the reason why that is such an issue is because this idea of orthodoxy this idea like of authority is really uh un-american well, it's not, it's not even just un-American. It's just, it's not, um, it's not there like I think a lot of people want to claim it to be. Because, for me at least. From oh, I this, know what you're talking about. Yeah, like from studying church history, it's like, um, I don't see Protestantism as much as, you know, like some people would would see like the Reformation as this, the, the be-all, end-all thing. Like this the is... The Exodus? Yeah, the Exodus. I yeah, see it more as a, as, a, as a catalyst. Uh, there was, and, and it's just basically the Catholic Church reaping what they sowed. You know, they were becoming very corrupt, political, you know, all whatever you want to say. They were just going down the wrong path. And eventually people who had access to the Bible and, and to mm -hmm. Scripture and all this stuff were like realizing this. And this like, is a scam. Yeah. Well, like even Martin Luther didn't start out just wanting trying to, to pick a fight yeah. yeah he i mean he wanted to pick a fight like a scholarly fight he wanted to have a discussion yeah, he wanted, about, to, he wanted yeah. to reform the catholic church he didn't want to break off and create yeah. another schism right yeah. but first it was just supposed to be a scholarly discussion yeah mm -hmm. that's and, why he nailed the 95 thesis in right. latin yeah and, and, and that's not too uncommon he did uh wasn't it 99 before that he did like 99 thesis have you heard that this was not the first time that he did something that like luther that. did this yeah because he was trying to get a, a discussion going. The discussion was starting to happen, but there was this overreaction from the Catholic Church because of how oppressive they were. And that started to make Luther aware of more and more problems. Like, Well, I, I think it has more to do with Luther's character because it's like well, well, the, yeah. the Catholic Church, they did try to accommodate him. They're like, hey, you know, one of our boys up in Wittenberg is having like some, some qualms, so let's send some people up there to, you know, have a discussion with him. And... Like, the people that they send, he just kept tearing them to pieces. And he's like, yeah. look, you know, eventually you get to um, to Verms, and he's like, look, unless you can tell me by scripture or plain reason why you believe in indulgences, purgatory, blah, 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 like, I don't accept the authority of popes. And yes. that was like, <gasps> you yeah. know, pearl clutching. Before, before all of like, that escalated, like, so much, I think someone, I don't know who it was, but someone took... His 95 theses that were written in Latin and translated, translated them it, into German and then yeah. distributed it throughout yeah. the whole without land his consent. without his consent. But yeah, so like, that's but, what made it yeah. explode, and and that was not Luther's intent. But then 
once the cat was out of the bag, it was yeah. like, well, we gotta, we're going to have to roll with this. Yeah. Well, and what, but what I was getting at is, like, um, I don't know if, if it's... I don't know if it was the 95 or was the previous... I want to say it was, like, 99 thesis that he did, but he didn't even have a problem with the Pope. He didn't have a problem with those things. His, his problems were starting to develop as he's having these discussions back mm -hmm. and forth. And then, I mean, we know the character of Luther... It'd be quite explosive, and yeah, and that didn't help. Calling everybody the devil, right? So, like, <laughs> this thing happens, and the it Pope just was the Antichrist. it just starts this giant thing throughout all of Europe, and it, what, it gets really one of my messy. Favorite things is like Luther calls the Pope the he calls the Pope the devil. Okay, cool. He starts calling the Jews the devil. Yeah. Okay, and then there are people that were on his team, like Zwingli. Like he, Luther said, I'm having these nightmares where Satan is in my bedroom with me and he's trying to convince me to believe what Zwingli believes. And Zwingli's also like a, yeah. he's also a Protestant, but he's just not quite, he's not quite where yeah, Luther is. Mean, and he's like, this is a doctrine right. of Satan. Well, that had to do with the, the Lord's Supper. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. like the actual physical eating type of stuff. Yeah, well, he, yeah. Was, he was right about that. Luther. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different podcast. That's a different podcast, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's the real mm -hmm. presence of Christ. I mean, we actually just took communion at my church. Okay. So, uh, okay. I was say so. You would so sorry. Trying to circle back to Travis's original question was like, what what would you say are the biggest issues? Well, I think because of that today, because it's a because it's a catalyst. Pro, what Protestants this this is the pattern. What Protestants are trying to do, like you said earlier, I think, where it's like we're trying to be authentically Christian. Mm -hmm. And so we start a movement to be authentically Christian. It, it becomes its own thing, but then it eventually fails. And that's just what's been going on time and time again. And, and there'll be a split or whatever. We went to, or I went to uh, a college, um, a Christian college, a Bible college, and it was part of the restoration movement. You read about the restoration movement and the whole reason it got started was to try to bring back protestantism to authentic mm -hmm. christianity right. you know no creed but the bible this and that and uh so they want authentic christianity and they wanted unity right well not too long after they actually split up they didn't agree so they didn't get the unity part and then for me theologically i would say they're not in line with authentic christianity because they have a lot of beliefs that i feel like aren't authentically christian that's all right they don't think you're in alignment with authentic christianity either. absolutely and so that's right. what and, no, comes, and no one and thinks no one, anyone else yeah is. exactly yeah. and so, that's one of the biggest issues yeah. with with protestantism right now yeah is that everyone has a copy of this they're they're everyone has Kim's a copy of scriptures yeah and so they're their own authority and yeah so they so there's no real order of authority there's no real submission no um Okay, church so it's kind of it's kind of like you know if you have to choose, you know you'd rather be on the road, but if, if you had to be in one ditch or the other, would you rather be in the ditch where there's a pope and he is the interpreter of scripture and he gets new revelation, like whatever he says is just dogma, or would you rather be in the ditch where everybody has a copy of God's word and they're kind of like fumbling their way around, and you know a lot of a lot of them find a huge amount of agreement on the most important things. And then we, we do wind up disagreeing on things like, you know, the thing I'm eating at communion. Is that the body of Christ? Or, you know, should I uh, yeah. baptize my babies? or all I, wanna, sorts of I just want to say that when I... So it's not a problem that everyone has a copy of the scriptures, but the the, the negative effect of everyone having a copy of yeah. the scriptures is, is that no one uh, has real structure of authority and no one really submits to yeah, authority. 
and which is unbiblical because you know there are there are supposed to be there's supposed to be you know authority uh structures okay and so then I, then I ask the question like what's the authority right because i know i know kind of where eric winds up going with this but it's like what's the authority that we're all supposed to be looking to to say like okay that is a correct interpretation of scripture no, I'm not ready to start talking about <laughs> that. But but what, what I would say is, like, when you talked about the ditches, I feel like right now where I'm at is, like, because, yeah, th- there's a reason why I left Catholicism. But I, 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 what I'm saying is that the cat's still out of the bag. You know, Protestantism isn't that, um, this, I mean, it has a rich history, but it, it hasn't, when you compare it to the rest of church history, so like Catholicism, Roman Catholicism as we know it, has probably what around a thousand years, roughly. Uh, I'd, I'd say I'd say longer than that. Maybe longer, right? You know. And then you have a couple hundred years prior to that, before the schism and all that stuff. Maybe. And so, but but Protestantism would just celebrate like at least the Reformation. That's when you started. Five hundred. Five hundred, yeah. which is nothing compared to that. Yeah, but Protestantism is older than Luther, like. Luther's Reformation is 500 years, but a hun- more than 100 years before that, you have Huss. And even before that, you have guys like uh, Wycliffe who are like, I'm going to start translating my own Bible and like getting people to read the Bible on their own. Yeah, like, but, and... but there wasn't like, I think a lot of fundamental, like you were saying, similarities between Protestantism didn't develop yet in those. So there was like, say proto-Protestantism, and I would agree, but it what we are yeah is is young like a lot of those guys were like yeah popes are probably cool yeah like (laughs) i mean you can go to what's his name uh i I always forget his where um geographically it's not it's not geographically he he is the one who did the vulgate i think oh jerome jerome right even jerome went against a lot of rome father yeah a lot of rome uh, (laughs) church fathers when when it came to like what he believed the canon was Mm-hmm. And but then he still submitted to what the church wanted, what the pope or the bishop. You're talking about like the apocrypha and all that. Yeah, so yeah. he still submitted to, it, and that's why I'm saying, like we we wouldn't do that. <laughs> we wouldn't do that. Oh, but yeah. uh, so I, <laughs> but I, I don't. I also don't think that there's a person that you look to and you're like that guy's interpretation of scripture is the right interpretation of scripture. And I would definitely rather be living in the ditch where everybody is wrestling through these issues, Agreed. you know, for themselves because there's like right. as as well, lame and like non-denominational American Christianity as this sounds like there's an authenticity to it that you lack when people are like okay, that guy says no fish on Fridays. Or I don't know what the rule is. I wasn't Catholic, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. only fish on Fridays. Sometimes it's Wednesday, no, no, no meat on Fridays, and then it no was meat like... on Fridays except fish. Yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. No, no fish, fish on Fridays. Fridays. Yeah, <laughs> fish it's, on it's fish Friday. Full moon. Fish Friday. And it's uh, what is it? The the McFish or whatever yeah. Friday. That's it pretty specifically much what it was. comes out around Lent every yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I I'm not saying like I would rather be on that side right. of the that's where I'm at. But I what I'm saying the cat's out of the bag is because. Just because that's where I feel is better, I don't. I feel like the jury's still out. As if that was better, good move. Yeah, really, because oh, there's a man. lot of consequences. You to think you're talking about the Reformation? Because before the Reformation, it's like, oh, if I pay the church twenty thousand dollars, my yes. great no, aunt no, no, Reform- sprung out of purgatory. And I don't really, and I don't really Christ. think there was a choice, right? Like, yeah, the Reformation was coming. Yeah, like it's there just wasn't a much of it. It's like, oh, you have a printing press now. Well, guess what? Within the next. 
like hundred years, it's happening. Yeah. You're not going to be able to stop the word from getting. It it's kind of like what I said about their beliefs that you could really only hold before the internet came yeah. out, because now they're they're or too the, easy or to the printing press. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is a new printing press revolution? So. Right. So the question is, what is what is one of the problems with present day evangelicalism, Protestantism, and that's not to say that we wouldn't prefer to be in this situation. Like yeah. the, the Reformation was a great thing. Yeah. Uh, it put the language of scripture and the, and the liturgy into the language of the people. Yeah. Um, and it's actually amazing how long it took the Roman Catholic Church to do that. Yeah. To which was only up. like yeah. 80 years ago. They decided, oh, we should put the liturgy in the, in the language of the people. <laughs> Is that like um, Vatican II? Uh, or, yeah. I know that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vatican II. That's the best yeah, so 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 we're just trying to answer the question, you know, what are what are some of the issues that we experience as as Protestants? Um and that's obviously one of one of the negative consequences, yeah. but I would prefer to have that negative consequence and have you know, scripture. And, and yeah. as yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just it winds up being a a problem of authority. Well, the I did have a question like um because I was thinking, what what could be a positive side being on the other ditch, and would it be, <laughs> would it be that really most of the responsibility for everything that was crappy fall on the shoulders of the it's bishops? It's like the popes the pope. would go to hell, and everyone yeah. else would be like, "Well, you did the best you could." With well, that's what, what I, I'm just wondering because on this side we are responsible. Like there is because we're not having authority over us, so we yeah. really are. Whereas before, I mean, I don't know if it would work. You could always say. <laughs> The Pope. I found the loophole to heaven. <laughs> yeah. Back to Catholicism for God, like God free ride. Pope, I didn't know. That's probably well, wrong, like, but uh, hey, he's the Pope. <laughs> it's like all societies fall on this spectrum of tyranny to anarchy. And it's like you don't want to be in either of those places. There really is a balance. So the way I teach my government class, it's like you have uh, freedom and you have order or safety. And it's like in order to have freedom, you have to give up some of your safety. But in order to have safety, you have to give up some of your freedom. If you want to be in a maximum security place, that's a prison. That's tyranny. But if you want to have total freedom, which I always use the example like the freedom to sell meth to eight-year-olds. Like, do you want do you want total freedom? Because that's anarchy. And it's like you have to be able to give you have to be willing to give up some of each um, to obtain the other. But the problem is like this is not a political conversation where it's like oh let's try this and let's try it's like there is a right answer yeah and there is there are like there is a thought that god thinks when he thinks of like john 3 like the whole discourse between jesus and nicodemus like there's a thing there's a thought that god thinks and i want to be in alignment with that thought Right. But I can't look at some guy in Rome and be like, well, you know, whatever he, when he comes out with the hat on the balcony, I don't, does the new guy wear the hat? I feel like I never see him in the hat. That's a good point. Like, can we trust this guy? Maybe he's a little he's taller. Hatless Pope. Keeps hitting. He doesn't need the, he doesn't need the hat. <laughs> he actually him. puts on the hat because of his height when he goes through the door, like the door frame knocks it off and yeah. he just doesn't he bother to pick thinks, it back up. He always thinks he's wearing the hat. It's just like, the Lord has said, no more hats, get rid of it. Um, so interestingly, like, and man, again, two weeks in a row where I feel like dwarf nah, amongst nah, giants, man, but just like, like to, to answer the question of like, uh, you know, what do I think is one of the greatest uh, issues that Protestantism faces today? 
um, that kind of lines up with the ditch question is I, mm -hmm. I agree. I'd rather be in the ditch of, you know, uh, you know, choosing and, and, ha and like having the Bible in my own hand and figuring that out. And I, I think one of the issues with Protestantism, and I think this opinion is largely based off of um, like my experience of coming to Christ. Um, you know, I, I think one of the issues is um, a lot of times religion is inherited. And I think a lot of times people are ignorant to their religion. Um, Definitely. So I think, you know, like, oh, I'm a Baptist. Oh, well, what defines you as a Baptist? My parents are Baptists. <laughs> yes, that is the, you know, and yeah, that's why you know, I or, was... or, oh, I'm Lutheran. Yeah. Oh, you know, what do Lutherans believe? That their parents are you know, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and so people people aren't um, educated in the specifics of what they, uh, of, of the denomination within, of that they fall within, um, and, and they're not encouraged um, to, to, to seek look, outside of that yeah. because, you know, well, as, as a Baptist, Baptists are right. Just believe and as Baptists a Lutheran, yeah. Lutherans are right. Yeah. And right. so, like, why would we ever encourage you to go out and find the answer when we have the answer? Yeah. Um, you know, I and that, it, that actually is one of the strengths of, like, non-denominationalism yeah. as such is, like, you feel a freedom, you know, probably the kids at my church feel a freedom to uh, push back against, well, hey, maybe we should baptize our babies, or maybe we should be speaking in tongues, or maybe we should. And it's not like the church has a set, well, you know, the, the church has beliefs, but it's not like we have a, a, uh, a creed or a confession that we're like, we teach and hold to all of these things. Um, right. Now that said, I'm a big fan of creeds and confessions. You know, I <laughs> called myself a 1689 guy earlier, so... Um, like, well, well, no, I just, I think, I think that's one of the, the biggest problems is, is, you know, the, that inherited religion and that, uh, you know, and, you know, I, I grew up Roman Catholic. I was, you know, I did all my sacraments up until 18 years old. You, you did know? like confirmation and stuff? Yeah, I did. I did communion, confirmation. It's like catechism class and then you have a... Confirma like confirmation a is baptism. End? Yeah. Uh, at 17 years old, <laughs> okay. 16 to 18 years old. Do you old. get baptized again? No. Uh, but because you baptize as an infant, yeah. there needs to be something. It, it's literally yeah. a, Hey, uh, now that you're your probationary period, now that you're older you're trial. and you have, <laughs> and you have thought and consciousness, yeah. um, here's religion. Can you say that you will always and forever be Catholic because you agree with it? Yes. Awesome. You're a Catholic. Do they give you like a certificate or something? Uh, yeah, like there's a cardinal. Uh, there's a no, like there's legitimately no. Is it? It's a bishop. bishop. It's a bishop. Yeah. I, I think I had a cardinal though, or I had an archbishop. Archbishop sounds a little. Yeah. I I had somebody who was higher up than usual because like yeah. the church that I went to was kind of like a um, a main church in the diocese. I don't I don't uh, think cardinals. So. I th I exist think out of Vatican. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I think I was, cardinals are are bishops. That function within Vatican City. Yeah, but it's from the cardinals. Yeah, it would have to because the so it was because archbishop. the bishops of Rome. Yeah. That's where they get the next pope the from. Louis just cardinals. from the cardinals, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it was it was an archbishop that did our confirmation and was present and all that. And you have to have like your sponsor who can't be a direct family member. It needs to be like a second sponsor. cousin or like someone else in the church. It's like yeah, I, I have relationship with this person. They are mm -hmm. for sure like. Catholic. You can get like Burger King to sponsor but, you, or <laughs> it, it's again like it's Burger just... King's definitely Protestant. <laughs> really? Yeah. I feel like King, like McDonald's would be the Protestant one. Burger King would be the Catholic one. Anglican, I mean. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, the defender of the faith. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, like having grown up Roman Catholic and doing all that stuff, and then, um, you know, even while doing that at the behest of my parents, I would have considered myself atheist. Um, at seventeen. Oh yeah. When you went through confirmation. Oh yeah. I Whoa. was. And I you was, just said yes to all the questions. because that was culturally and Whoa. inherited what I was supposed to do. Oh yeah, like I almost skipped my confirmation retreat. Like, I like no lie. I've heard this. The bus. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Go ahead. Yeah, tell like me. I was. I was on the bus. And I told my mom. I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm not doing this. Like, you know, I don't believe in this. Like, huh. hocus pocus stuff. And my mom's like, you're getting on that bus, or I will kill you. Um, and I was like, yeah, but that wouldn't help your cause because I don't yeah. believe, so you I just go to hell. Me, so because right? you've been baptized, she could pray you into heaven. Um, and and yeah, like I was on that bus, like I was pulling out my phone to call a buddy that I was just going to go spend the weekend with and just you know eat Burger King or something. Um, and, Catholic, uh, <laughs> I told you. And. Uh, and like, and I was thinking, I was like, I don't know anybody here. Like, this is stupid. Like, and at that moment, like the one person I knew, like got on the bus and I like, the bus was empty, got on the bus, saw me, was like, Hey, and I was like, all right, I'll give this God mumbo jumbo a chance. <laughs> Cause that might've been a sign or it might've been purely coincidence, which is probably what it was. Oh, we talked about that last um, week. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, and so like, yeah, I went through it and, uh, you know, like my, I've had my ups and downs, like even through Catholicism, like I had high points of like, I was like, yeah, like there's, there's a God. And then I was like, yeah, no, there's, that's just dumb. And there's science and that explains everything else. I believe um, in God. Yeah. Believe like, in science. But, <laughs> but, um, you know, like again, like leaving and, and, and kind of acknowledging like, Hey, like this whole Catholicism thing was something that was like inherited and thrust upon me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of go on this journey and figure out like if there is a god um you know who this god is what this god is is it a christian god or is it a you know an indian god pantheistic yeah yeah, like you know like truly on this journey and then and being and having the liberty of saying like hey okay like this is what i believe this is why i believe it this is where i believe it from this is where i think there's authority versus just it being forced upon me Hmm. um and so many other people that just have it forced upon them. And I talked about like Thanksgiving, but at Thanksgiving, you know, like as I'm being asked, like, you don't eat meat on the bone. Is that because of your religion? You know, having the opportunity mm. to be like, no, like this is what I, what do you believe? Mm. Okay. This is where I believe that. Yeah. And then, you know, like one of the questions was like, Oh, are you, are you going to baptize your kids? You know? And I was are like, you? I pray that they will one day choose to be baptized, mm-hmm. but like, I wouldn't baptize them at the stage and age that they are now. You're a Baptist. Um, what? You're a Baptist. You're a Baptist. It means you have to be mean. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I presented that. And I was like, I was like, you know, with argument and with evidence back from the Bible. And, and, you know, like just having that conversation with, you know, my aunts and grandmother and them being like, oh, we've mm. never thought of anything else because the only exposure we have is to Roman, Roman Catholicism. Catholicism. And, yeah. and I asked them, I was like, okay, so like, you know, as Latin women, uh, you have probably 50 candles, all of which have the face of a different mm-hmm. individual. Uh, you know, like, how do we argue that against idolatry? And they're like, 
I'm sure someone can. Yeah. I'm yeah, you know, and, and it was just like it was like oh, well, it me. it's it's not idolatry. Like we just we, have candles with the faces of saints, and we it's just venerate pretty. them. Yeah, and and it's yeah, different. You know, but like <laughs> it's different. But, it's spelled differently. But like making them think through the process of what they do, why they think they think they thoughts, words, sentences, things. Um, you know, yeah, I just had a total like mouth glitch, malfunction, hmm. brain fart. Um, but like having them think through that, um, you know, you could tell that that was something they've never been confronted with. Hmm. And, and I would, I would say that my two aunts and my grandmother are not just ignorant and like, you know, punch card Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are, you know, devout and religious people, but they've never been presented with okay, how is this not idolatry? Yeah. Okay, and they, they, yeah. their their worldview was, has never been challenged on it hmm. um, because they've never been exposed to outside of that. Hmm. Um, and I, I think that's a, a, a real weakness. You know, it's just, you know, I mean, and I, I really hate taking it back to politics, but even politics where, you know, you see so many people like, oh, Trump's a God-fearing man. It's like, where's their evidence of this? And they're like, oh, he held the Bible that one time in front of church. And you're like, upside down? And they're like, oh, I don't know what up, what an up, uh, right-side-up Bible looks like. And you're like, well, there's so many issues with that one sentence. Um, you know, and I, yeah, I, I think that's, I don't want to say that's the biggest, but that is absolutely one of the top issues. Is The ignorance of the faith. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's what I inherited. It's what everyone's always called me. And... Uh, yeah, I, I go to church. That's what the dude at the top says, and uh, I'm kind of only half paying attention anyway. So yeah, sure. Yeah, I, so, I feel like that's not just a Christian thing. Like, I feel like a lot of people they just don't think through their fundamental beliefs about anything. It, it's a cultural. You know, it's thing. like get a job, work, you know, mm-hmm. have a family. That's die. a more yeah. That's a more fundamental reason why that like that phenomenon is happening. Yeah. Um, you're saying like, true, like, like, like across, across cultures, across yeah. like, uh, nationalities, there's that just general, like, I'm just going to accept whatever is presented to me as, yeah. as normative. I'm yeah. just going to walk into that, um, and live that out. Uh, but another reason that that's happening is because we just don't know scripture. Yeah. We're so like illiterate as far as scripture and we don't know history. We don't know our own heritage as Christians either. So, like, those are the two main, I think, um, like, educational, maybe, yeah. you could word it, yeah. uh, and problems and reasons for why that's happening. It's like, uh, I feel like you almost have an excuse if you're most people throughout most of time, because you're like, I don't really have time to sit down and ponder the min- the mysteries of the universe, because... I'm trying to plow my field enough that my children don't starve to death, you know? And now we have way more time, but we also have way more distractions. Mm. Like, we have all this material. It's like, well, you know, new season of whatever dropped, you know, this past Friday, and I have to watch it all Saturday. And so, like, <laughs> the, the time that you might have been... I mean, what, honestly, that's one thing that I really value about this podcast is just being... And, and listening to podcasts in general is you get to hear long-form discussions that really just take a direction and they go deep in that direction. But I think most people like they, they're either 
too busy or they're just they find things to be to be busy with mm-hmm. you know yeah our attention spans are have been shortened yeah by social media and uh just media in general television stuff yeah. like that we don't read anymore man and like i'm a history teacher and i freaking love history you know and and one of the ways that i i heard it put one time is like so you know dragon ball z yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So uh you know so Goku is a No 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 just okay, just okay. just pay attention. So it's like so uh Goku is a Saiyan, right? Mm-hmm. And the Saiyan are a proud warrior race. If you were a proud warrior race, wouldn't you be like stoked to know your history and to know about the conquerors and the like the the you know people who just went and delivered their people and they they you know started this movement and they toppled this kingdom it's like that's us man like we're a proud warrior race and not just like oh us as humans and let's let's study genghis khan or and and that's cool too like let's study world war one or whatever but also just you know being christians it's like man we have a a god king that we get to be like freaking out about how awesome (laughs) he is in groups together every week and like worshiping him and, and, you know, talking about how we're trying to emulate his life. And to me, it's like, you know, that it's, it's so real. And I, I get that it doesn't necessarily feel as real as like when you're Goku and you can actually like go Kaioken times 156 or whatever it is what that is he it? did. Kami, Kami but, yeah. Or like, you know, Kami that kind of stuff. Kami, Kami, Kami. Yeah. <laughs> Or like is a that, spirit bomb. Do you say whatever. that as a verb? Like he kamiyami. He kamiyami on him. It's like the apostrophe D. No, but like it's granted. There's there's <laughs> granted. There's like you know physical uh, observable phenomena that we don't have in Christianity. But like we have a God King, and we have like a, a purpose. We have an actual purpose in our life, and to be, and I get distracted as well. But like man. I listen to some people talk about how they spend their time and it's like all just distractions. Like there's, there's so little that's substantial. Like they don't, they don't sit down and have converse. And I'm not trying to be like, Oh, look at how great we are for, for doing something like this. If only most of Americans were as sophisticated as we are to get together in like a dumpy old shed and talk <laughs> for a couple hours. Cause we have the time to do it, you know, like, uh, but, but really I, I think this is, I think that to entertain thoughts like these at length to their appropriate depth, just, you know, is, is there's no platform for this for most people, especially to do it themselves. Yeah. One of the reasons, uh, I think, for people not being able to fill their time with productive, uh, like, um, activities, let's say, uh, is just a lack of understanding how to approach spiritual formation. You know, there's that verse, and I think it's in First Timothy, where he tells he, he's telling Timothy to devote himself to uh, training himself in the godliness. Gifts. Yeah, training himself to, in godliness. Okay, yeah, and I think you're talking about like about, working out the gifts that he's been given. The, right. Well, that that's what he says. Laying on of hands. That's yeah. what he says after that. Same I passage, believe. Right? Yeah, uh, and then he talks about you know. Uh, um, like a physical training is of little benefit, but yeah. godly training is of great benefit for yeah. now and for the age to come. Um, and I was reading that verse uh, recently. And I was like, well, what does it mean? Like, how do you train yourself in godliness? What do you do? And that's our problem. That's one of our problems uh, now is how do we approach training ourselves in godliness? What, what do we do? Do we just like 
you know, sit down and read our Bible for a certain amount of time and then, you know, utter some prayer that comes to our mind. Like, did I just accomplish something or, you know, is You're there saying a as opposed real... to like a liturgical prayer? Or Well, that's okay. another example. Yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> not to say that that is the right way to do okay. it, but the, just the fact that we don't really know how to approach it. Um, and maybe so many people are frustrated with spiritual formation and approaching it um, that they've kind of just given up. Hmm. because if it feels like a i mean i would say that it feels like there's a gap between what is being said in timothy right what you just said and our time because and that's why the question arises what does this mean um and clearly timothy knew timothy Timothy knew knew what it meant right paul paul had something clear in mind and and timothy knew i think what paul had in mind when he said train yourself in god right whereas we don't necessarily know exactly and and even going back and reading uh some of the ancient stuff might not be too helpful as well because there starts to be uh, a development of like mysticism in uh in christianity right the most yeah, you're you're more spiritual as you isolate yourself and uh, right. you you meditate as a monk. Yeah. And, and and I'm saying this because I've read uh, some material from Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox, and just even what people will say now. The Desert Fathers. Yeah, there's just yeah. Desert Fathers, but even what they say like now, and they might be quoting something a little more contemporary or maybe not as ancient as as the Desert Fathers, and it's just like a lot of, I don't know, I take it as a lot of superstition. And just aesthetic kind of living and aesthetic, like, right? Aesthetic, yeah. Not aesthetic. aesthetic. Yeah, aestheticism. Sorry, aesthetic, acidic, and uh... <laughs> basic. <laughs> yeah, but uh... alkaline. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that, that it's just um, I agree. Yeah. When it comes to spirituality, what, because you've, I what mean, works. What works, but what is even spirituality? Like, how do you approach it? Yeah, is that the? Do you mean that literally or spiritually? It's like, what do you mean by spiritual? The difference, right? Yeah. Like, if it's spiritual, is it less real right. than if it was like you know getting your oil changed? <laughs> like, what? What's what's? Well, honestly, like, what's yeah. more real? Like, I've talked about this mm-hmm. um, at the church. Like, you know, people talk about oh, uh, marriage and the relationship between Christ and His church. Which is the symbol and which is the reality? Like, my marriage to my wife is the symbol. It is less substantial. And and I'm not saying, like, it's not substantial or whatever. But, like, I sleep next to my wife every night. And, like, we text each other throughout the day. And and, and all of that is, like, the symbol that points to the greater, truer, like, heavier, more substantial reality of the relationship between God and his people. And so to think that it's less real because it's not, like you know, oh, the check engine light came on on my car or I got a letter from the bank saying, like, they need this. Like, it's not less real because it's taking place, you know, in in with God's spirit interacting with my spirit. And I think that's really dangerous where people think, like, oh, I have my church life, my spiritual life, you know, over here, and then I have my real life that's, like, bills and my career and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think what you're just talking about was, uh, great. Um, but I, I think that we struggle in Protestantism, uh, to t- trying to figure out our spirituality. I think that is a big issue. Um, you know, is it, is, I don't know, like, is, if you, 
if you were to read again what uh, Paul says to Timothy, right? What does he say? You 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 kinda, train your train yourself in for godliness. godliness. Yeah. yeah, for godliness. And then he talks about spiritual gifting and all that stuff. Um, he talks about yeah he talks about spiritual gifting, uh, you know, preaching the word, yeah. and uh, stuff like that. How how to uh, shepherd the the flock that he's over at the time. Yeah, and. Uh, I think it works in that context because one, Paul is a figure of authority, right? You you could see this the spirit active in him, and people knew about Paul. He had a reputation. Obviously, Timothy accompanying him would know, like, okay, this is God's possible messenger. Right. Uh, but then two, there's talking about spiritual gifting, which is like there's such confusion in Protestantism when it comes to spiritual gifting that doesn't help. And there was laying of hands, <laughs> uh, yeah. which is like, okay, what's that about? Is it just symbolic? But, you know, like the preaching of the word and shepherding the flock, we can kind of get. But I don't think we have all the pieces. Yeah. I think we're still it's trying actually, to figure that out. There's something really apl applicable in what was going on in, in that passage between Paul and Timothy uh, for us. Because he says... Like so, he he's gonna make his way towards Timothy uh, in Ephesus, but he says, "Dedicate yourself to these things until I get there." And that was preaching the word, uh, sorry, public reading of scripture, uh, teaching and an exhortation. Um, and we're in a we're in a situation where we don't have an apostle here in the flesh, so we're sort of in the situation that Timothy found himself in then, right. like you know. Uh, until yeah until we have that uh that representation of of authority present which you know it's not really going to happen in the same way that it that it did for timothy amen brother um <laughs> <laughs> i mean not that i can see i don't see how that would be how that would be possible um but really <laughs> I was thinking about cracking this lucky joke. I was like, I can go to the bodega and get a candle of St. Peter and we can light it. And uh, we got we got an apostle right there. So keep going. He's the one who uh, finds your car keys. <laughs> but uh, but so so what Paul says uh, to Timothy to do in the meantime is what we should be doing, obviously, um, you know, reading the scripture, which that's what I said earlier was one of our problems is that we don't actually read the scripture enough we don't and especially not publicly we just talk about it instead of we talk about it we it. read a little short passage yeah. and then listen to some guy talk about his thoughts about that scripture for 50 minutes instead of reading 50 minutes of scripture like that would actually be hmm. maybe more helpful um in some ways you know uh, uh you know radical right david platt right and he yeah. talks about secret church and i really want to do this with our with at least our youth even if if not with more See, people that's a big I do they do that because so, so secret church is like so basically I would say hey and you know let's say that I'm doing this with the youth um this Friday night uh eight o'clock secret church and that's all I would say and the idea is you know people would know what it means but people would show up at the church at eight o'clock and we would find out how many okay there's uh you know 17 of us we're gonna find the smallest room where, well, maybe with COVID you wouldn't be able to do this. But, like, the idea is you're going to find the smallest room that all 17 of us can get, and we're going to turn off the air conditioning, 
and we're going to sit in there and like we're going to read Luke and Acts. Like that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to read Luke and Acts and we're going to stop every, let's say, 30 minutes and we're going to pray for a different missionary that's sponsored by our church. And like we're going to read a little bit about them and we're going to pray for them. And then like, boom, okay, where were we? You know, halfway through chapter nine, like let's pick up where we left off. And that's what you're going to do. And if you're there until, you know, 1 a.m. or whatever, like you're there. And just if people wind up, I'm sure people would wind up bailing and, you know, depending on how long you went. But people would know that going in. Like this is going to go as long as it's going to go. And we're not, it's not like, oh, let me read the first four verses and then we'll talk about that for 30 minutes and then we'll read the next six verses and then we'll talk about that for 20 minutes and you know then by the end of our three-hour session we will have gone through the first half of chapter one you know it's like you're just there to read scripture together and there is something really formative and bonding about that and this is called secret church this is like a well. David Platt calls it like secret church when they do that at, at his oh, okay. church. Yeah. So it's not like this official like program thing. That's well, they do like it. That. They do it to kind of be able to, uh, you know, sympathize with the secret churches in you know, let's say Cambodia or North Korea or Eritrea or whatever. Like they're, it's like we're getting into the smallest place we can. We're gonna be uncomfortable. We're not gonna have air conditioning. Sometimes they'll even like you know. Um, turn off the lights and they they read their Bibles by um, you know by flashlight. Cell phone. And what's that? Cell phone Probably. Light. I mean, who has a real flashlight <laughs> these days? But uh, and you do it to kind of like you know feel a sense of solidarity with your brothers and sisters who are getting killed in you know other countries. So mm-hmm. I mean, I I do really like that idea. We've not done it as a youth group or even this as a church, would, but would work pretty well. Dude, if we did that as a life, I mean, like I said, with COVID, I don't know how many people you'd. Hey, hey, we're we're here. Yeah, we're willing to be here. Apparently, we probably have to be renamed to Pandemic Church or something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let there be an outbreak of the Holy Spirit. Just don't do it in here. You know that already. The someone... summer. Yeah, this is a winter podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's a season. Is that normal? I got an AC. Yeah, it works. It should be yeah, too much noise yeah. to run during the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. Indeed, yes. I I still like Indeed. some of me thinks whenever you talk about this and Kevin you brought up, you know, the passage and it's like, Oh, do we know what it means to be, you know, pursuing this lifestyle of, of practicing and living out godliness? It's like are we overcomplicating it? Like you know, I what if my pursuit of godliness is I'm going to be in the word and, you know, more than the whatever amount you would consider shallow per day. Uh, And I'm going to be thinking about it and, you know, even trying to memorize some of it and trying to, uh, you know, just constant. Okay, this was my my nugget that I really fixated on, like today throughout the day. Like what are parts of my life that are not in compliance with this idea that I see in Scripture and how can I be getting them them to comply? So even like, you know, when we paused the podcast between breaks and we start talking about shows, and it's like, what? How, how far can I wound my conscience? Like, what? What's to, what's a tolerable amount of sin? Like for me to like entertain in order to be able to watch this show that I find funny? And it's like, what if the answer to that question for us was zero? What if we were literally like, look, I'm not gonna watch anything. I'm not going to uh, listen to anything. I'm not going to even entertain a thought or something if if it encourages me 
to think lightly of something for which Christ died, like I'm not gonna go there. And I've 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 really like had just heated um, sessions in, in my own mind where I'm like, why is the answer to that not zero? Why is it always like somewhere between? Oh, you know, I'll go. I'll I'm willing to tolerate something that's this sinful, but then I will judge someone if they're willing to tolerate something else this sinful that's more sinful than the amount of sinful that I would tolerate. And it's like, oh, that's that's what makes me a good Christian. And like, I think part of living out the godliness is hunting down the parts of your mental life, like your your interaction with the world, that are not in compliance with the scripture. And a lot of times the spirit works slowly, but cutting those out. You know, and even, you know, maybe the way that I joke or maybe the way that I uh, interact with my students or my wife or, or what I think when I'm on the road or, you know, what I listen to, all that sort of stuff. And it's like, what if I would, was really dedicated to saying, like, the answer to that question is none. Like, if, if it encourages me to violate or, or to, to go against the character of God in any way, like, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. Like, how many things wouldn't I do that I do right now? Even, like, you know, with my job. Or even with, you know, different decisions that I make about, oh, my career path or whatever. Like, to live the Jesus life is to die, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that means, like, oh, but I have these ambitions of, you know, my financial future or my... And that's not... I'm not, not saying don't plan or don't, you know, whatever, but... Man that's that's another distraction i think part of what you're saying is definitely the answer to the question of like how do we approach be you know the uh training for godliness and that is you know by uh renewing our minds like mm -hmm. what paul says in romans 12 right mm -hmm. you know uh, mm -hmm. renew our minds uh present our our bodies as living sacrifices mm -hmm. holy and pleasing to the lord um that we might be able to discern the will of god mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's definitely going in the right direction. And, uh, I think if we, you know, maybe if we search the scripture to try and answer that question and, and you know, allow scripture to, to give us, um, some practical ways to approach, you know, that godly training, we could, we could probably come up with some, with some good, good answers, um, yeah, I just, with myself and with other people, I just get really impatient at the idea of like, oh, would that there were an apostle here to tell me what it looks like to pursue holiness. And it's like, well, you know that thing that you watch? You know that you shouldn't watch that, right? Like, yeah. well, let's start with not doing that. And let's start with doing some of the things that you do know that you should be doing. Sorry, you were going to talk. Go ahead. No, but I, and I'd just be picking off. Pig, pig and off. Pig <laughs> right off of you. Know, pig off. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, because I, I think that you... <laughs> what, I think there's uh, something in scripture that talks about pigs. But... There is. Uh, <laughs> nah, just in like one shall not eat pork. Yeah. Uh, I think the problem... Oh, no. So, <laughs> it just matters of context because there's a problem with American Christianity where there's not, there's not enough scripture being read. And I think there's also a problem where there's too much scripture being read, because that's all it is. Hmm. And you just open. Elaborate on that second part. I'm just I'm I'm curious as to that's that what becomes what spirituality. Can there ever be too much? It's it's just reading the word, and that that's all it ever gets to is just it's a reading exercise. It isn't really 
Right. If you don't actually put it into practice. Right. Yeah, you're saying not internalizing it. You're just yeah. saying like, yeah, yeah, I read it. Cool. In a sense, yeah. Performing yeah. And, and, but, did and meant nothing. Even if you internalize it, you have to manifest it. And and, and that mm. takes, that that's a step, you know, to do that. And what's supposed to be there in place is what Timothy had, which was Paul. Mm. Or, you know, and it wasn't just Paul because you had Silas. You also had um, Titus. You know, you had a team. Mm-hmm. And that's why we should be gathering, and that's why we should be doing. But it's not just to to, um, like I'm trying to be charitable here. But it's not just to sing songs and say how's your Sunday morning and then see you later. Mm-hmm. It's right. actually to to be you know living together and and pushing each other. Like you guys were just working out. In there, you could see the encouragement, the the analyzing. What was your mm-hmm. number? What where are you at? You know, mm-hmm. and encouraging. Hey, what's progress look like? What's progress? Yeah. So yeah, and even let's compare where you are now to where you were a year ago. And even know? we talk about like failure in there, mm-hmm. but it's not in a negative light. It's like, hey, that's you're just getting stronger. You're you're getting there. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, anyway, you're saying we a lot. Like I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. Anyways, okay. So so the royal we. The royal we. Um, but 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 anyway, like you you guys see that. That when you're you're in there, that's what you guys are doing, yeah. and it it works. It's practical, and uh, I, mm. I think that that is also something that really the American church really sh- struggles with. Yeah, you know? and and like you said, analysis. I think that's a big thing. Like, uh, if if you're having conversations like this, then and and you're having purposeful conversations, then a part of that conversation should be, dude, like check out the husband you are this year. Like, think of some of the things that you said you were going through last year and, like, just imagine, well, just thank God for the fact that he's, you know, cultivated uh, holiness and progress and direction and those sorts of things. But I, I think all too often we're not having those conversations, you know, because we're having conversations, you know, I'm not against ever watching any shows or whatever, right. but we talk a lot uh, about just, you know, the things that we watch. Yeah. Um, in, instead of the things that we actually do. And yeah. I, if, we, if we focus so much on the things that we don't know rather than just simply doing the things that we know are true. Wait, say or that again? Pursu- we focus so much on like the mystery of, of mm. what it means to be Christian rather than just like doing the things that we know are yeah. true, like that are explicit yeah. in scripture. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I always compared to like dieting where it's like, well, you know, just count your calories and, you know, eat fewer calories than you or, yeah, then you wind up expending in a day. And then it's like, oh, you know, have this idea about going keto or vegetarian or whatever. And it's like, all right, cool. But, like, the whole thing about the calories works. So, like, let's start with just doing that. Yeah. It's like I've given you something doing, yeah. that will work. But instead, like, you're kind of theorizing about this or that and not actually accomplishing anything when it comes to progress. And, and ultimately, those other things are just moderating yeah, calories you know exactly. like yeah um i was gonna say i i think um part of it's vulnerability too i mean mm. um i think we do a really good job of on this podcast especially of just you know hey let's talk about these things and let's you know just be honest and with, with like our thoughts on it and, mm. and where we are but uh you know even in the introduction you know hey how's everyone doing and we're like good okay i'm all right uh, like let's all right th- I move well, on. That's how we, you know, uh, but, yeah. but you know, like there, there's a vulnerability of that. We're reluctant to 
you know, kind of address those things of like, hey, I'm really struggling with this, or hey, I've been thinking about that, or I've had a really great time, I've been mm. looking into this, and I, and you know, I've, I've chased this rabbit, mm. um, and, and this is where it led me, mm. you know, um, so. And I, I don't think this is necessarily the place to air all of our dirty laundry, and I know no. that's not what you're saying. Yeah. And I, at the beginning of the podcast, I would be like, well, you know, hey, how do we feel about where we are in life right now? <laughs> and then it was like, whoa, like we're, are we getting into the deep stuff right away? And it's like, well, you know, we don't have to spend an entire podcast like, oh, this podcast will talk about where David is in life right now. And then the next one we'll talk about Aaron, just kind of, you know, make our way around the table. It's It's not meant to be that, but I do think it's meant to kind of like call our attention to like, there are things that you know you should be doing that you're not. Right. And there are things that you know you should not be doing that you are. Right. And like, hey man, what's up with that? Um, I think there's like a, a reality, like a, a call to a call to action, you know, whenever people do ask you questions like that. Um, and, and it is like a sincere environment like this where I'd say like, I really do care about all you guys. And, and I mean, Kevin, you haven't been as part, as much a part of my life recently as we have in the past. But if I was to ask you like, dude, like, tell me how things are going on in your life right now. And just like, what are some of the things that you're geared toward? And, and, you know, even ways that I can be praying for it. I wouldn't be asking those questions in a shallow way, just expecting you to say good and you, and then for us to like talk <laughs> about Cobra Kai or whatever, what you, uh, you know, right. what are you interested in life? Good. And you, and you <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you a robot dude? <laughs> good. I mean, Send me your credit card. <laughs> I'm not a chatbot. Are you? <laughs> your car's warranty. Laugh out no. Oh, jeez. You get the all the time. This is the social security office. <laughs> there is a problem with your social security. Please give it to us <laughs> over the phone. Yeah. Have you ever had uh, people, have you ever asked someone a question that, and it, it was not a yes or no answer, but they answer yes to a yeah. non yes or no answer? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I, um, so my dismissal duty at the end of the day is like putting kids in their cars. And I, I just kind of like roll with it. But it's one of those things where you ask them, uh, I don't know. How, what, what is it? You know what I'm talking about? Where you ask them, like, how was your day? And then they'll say, ah, oh, man, I, I'm, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? The phenomenon where they ask you one question or they say, like, what's up, man? And you go, good. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. the equivalent, or, or at that. a restaurant where someone's like, "Enjoy your meal." And you're like, "Thank you, you too." Mm. Yeah, the Brian mm. Regan joke of like, "Oh wait, like, happy birthday." If, if happy you birthday eat later, too. yeah. Well, that's my go-to now. When people tell, <laughs> when people wish me a happy birthday, I always say, "You too." <laughs> and, uh, and all day, I get reactions of like, "What?" And yeah. I kind of like that. That's my gift to myself. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's fun to be just awkward on purpose. Yeah, yeah. At, at all day, I get in the habit of saying no problem, like, yeah, even when I shouldn't like. Like, is this, uh, I'm like, no problem. Wait, what? <laughs> because, like, oh, okay. people will always say, like, thank this, this you. This is $4.99, yeah. right? No problem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really? So I worked at Chick-fil-A like, and it No, they're was, like, thank uh, you. Have a good day. And I'll be like, yeah. no problem. <laughs> yeah, like, no, you're, you're telling them, like, yeah, I literally said that a couple day. of days ago. That's funny because uh, I actually witnessed this conflict, this clash between two generations where an older man was checking out at a convenience store and he said, thank you and the and the person said no problem he's like what is this with no problem you should say you're welcome or my pleasure you know it was like he's like i don't understand where this came from where where, where did no problem what does come your from? welcome mean 
You are welcome. Yeah. You're but it's like, how is that any more or less polite than no problem? Yeah. Well, it wasn't that he was right. It was just yeah. his cultural <laughs> difference. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I get it. I'm, I'm on your side because it's like people just, they want something to be grouchy about. And they want some way to feel like their generation was better than the previous generations. But I think you are welcome is probably a more direct response to thank you than no, no problem. problem. Yeah. I, well, I worked you're saying it was no problem. And it was, it was no bother. For me to help, I was you. supposed to say my pleasure, no problem. and I started saying I started saying no worries. And, <laughs> oh, no worries! Is yeah, I, yeah, I I would say no worries, and no the worries. people that I worked with thought it was like cool enough that they didn't do the thing where they're like, actually, just so you know, you're supposed to say uh, my pleasure, because I I did not like saying I I would do it, but when I worked there, you know, you're a teenager and you're all about like self image and everything, and so I just start saying no worries, and the the boss was like, oh, I like that, you can. You can do that. So I got away with you, it. but none of you other ones. Don't you get any ideas? This ain't Australia. I, yeah, I never knew that my pleasure was a thing at Chick Fil A. Like I didn't really notice it, and then uh, recently I've noticed it a lot more. Like, Your Chick Fil A that you worked at, they had ice. They streams. still say no worries. <laughs> they had what? Ice dreams. You remember that? Yeah, that's every Chick Fil A. Oh, is ice it? dream. That's such a because it's dream. not ice cream. Because you technically cannot label your product as ice cream unless it has like a certain, certain percentage milk of milk fat yeah. yeah oh yeah so you'll notice at a lot of places like it's oh this is our frozen dairy treat or whatever but then you go to uh was it twisty treat yeah. and they actually will tell you like this is ice cream and there's they like a little it? thing that's like just so you know the reason that other places won't say ice cream if is you... because yeah there's a legal capsule Briars is ice cream, but like there's a like dryers or something like that. There's another brand similar that it they can't they can't call their product ice cream. Would you like a nice cream? <laughs> <laughs> we should actually get some ice cream later. We can. Dude, Froyo, remember that Froyo? Froyo, good too. We were just having that conversation last night. We don't. We were. I don't remember the Froyo. Uh, what's his name? Dan. Dan the man. Right. Virginia. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm I really am interested in like kind of getting back to this idea of like what does it mean to pursue godliness? Like what does it mean to do that in community? What does it mean to do that? Like what should a local church be uh doing? Like what what yeah. should it look like? What should the gathering look like? What should the throughout the week relationships between the people look like? Like what do you My memory's failing me, but I think well, in general, it's failing me all the time. Uh, but <laughs> specifically about this is that I think it might be in Hebrews where he says, you know, gather uh, with the Christians daily. Uh, to... Not to forsake the assembling. Is that, but it's not daily, is it? Do uh, I don't think it says daily, okay. no. There's somewhere in scripture where I, th I thought it said that they in yeah, Acts, that was, in Acts, in Acts it says that they did that. Right. It's so it's descriptive. It's, yeah, it's not prescriptive. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I wonder if there is something to that, though, that uh, should be prescriptive. Um, of constantly, like, every day interacting with believers and, and you know, encouraging and being form, encouraged toward holiness. Yeah, some form of gathering. Well, I would say, like, even, you know, the home is, is um, ground zero for this. Like, the relationship between a husband and wife, the relationship between parents and kids... Um, but I would even say like here, you know, having, uh, Sam and David living with us, like 
it really can be encouraging sometimes. And especially like with David, just because he's kind of younger and he's kind of growing and going through some uh, parts of life that I feel like a lot of us have, have gone through, like to be able to watch him process those and, and to watch his joy as he, you know, goes from this job to this job and he gets a promotion and, and like he thinks that he's actually growing as a person. Um, like there's really something encouraging just about watching other people walk the, the Christian life out and, mm -hmm. um, to be able to speak wisdom into that and to be able to be encouraged by them and be prayed for by them and, and to share each other's burdens. So, you know, when, when a loved one passes away or when, you know, just like, you're just there, you know, and you, you speak Christ into the situation. Um, mm -hmm. and it's like, what, what could be more? Um, what could be more pursuing godliness than that, uh, than speaking Christ into every situation and whatever people are going through, yourself included, just pointing them to the cross and pointing them to the reality of, of the reconciliation between God and man. Like what I, I, this side of heaven, like, I really don't know what would be more, um, the appropriate interpretation of that than just that, um, you know, to serve, to well, you said reading the scripture, teaching, and encouragement. Um, yeah, just look into the scriptures. Yeah. Um, I had one thought, and it was about what you said about uh, the family. You said that yeah. your, you know your wife is a it's ground zero for that. Yeah, for just the experience of. Uh, Are you asking like a Christian community? Yeah, like right. definitely that is the prototypical Christian community for me. And I I'd say for right. for any, you know, married person would be their relationship with their spouse because it's like here is someone like I'm supposed to be being Jesus to her. Like I'm told to love her like Christ loves the church. That means I'd better be familiarizing myself with how Christ loves the church. Well, what does he do? He he purifies her with the water of the word and like he nourishes her, he cares for her, he oversees her growth and her her uh spiritual development and and all those sorts of things so it's like i um need to be doing those sorts of things and yeah yeah that's 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 good i totally agree with that but i wonder if the like the idea the traditional family has caused some division in like in the body of christ to the point where um we do become so focused on our um, immediate family you know our, our we have our nuclear family. our nuclear family nuclear right family, yeah. so we have our our wife and our kids and that's our you know christian community and it's very uh blocked off and yeah. everyone has their own nuclear family and <laughs> um and as a result yes. we're not really um, integrating integrating yeah. and experiencing what it means to be the body of christ I, um, and it's I a very say, American thing. I, I would say definitely. Do you think yeah. it's a uh, typically American thing, like as opposed to like you don't think that that would hit other even non-Western? It's not exclusively cultures, an American thing, but I think it's it's definitely an American thing. It's a Western right. thing. I really? Mean, yeah, because if you go to other cultures, they still have this tribal mentality. They like it takes together, a village. Yeah, yeah. communal. Yeah. That doesn't mean just outside the West. You find that you can't even find that in the Western world, but it's just. I, We're just not as cool. Oh man, I I don't know if I, I I agree with the sentiment, but I don't know if I agree with the assessment that it's a 
particularly Western uh, problem because I think that there really is a movement specifically in the West away from thinking of a family unit as, you know, parents, kids, like that that's a household and more toward just like the community as such. And, right. you know, whereas I, I think if you went to like, you know, Mongolia or India or a lot of those types of places, it would be very much like, okay, our house, like that's us, that we need to be taking care of our own. And then, you know, whatever other people we might interact with, sure, we can interact with them. We can even be cordial to them, but like we need to take care of our own. So, and man, cultures are so freaking diverse that it would be impossible to, to generalize about that sort of thing. But, I mean, I do think that that's a strength to, granted you don't get it daily like you were saying, Kevin, but that's a strength to a local church gathering is that you do get to get together. And what I keep saying to people is like, like when I go to church, I'm encouraged because I go, oh man, cool, like that's that's Robert. Like, and I know that his family is going through this right now and like, let me go talk to him and let me go ask him how he's doing and like how we can be praying for him throughout the week and and like his kids have gone and will be going through, you know, the youth group program where I do get to do, you know, reading of scripture and teaching and, you know, trying to build them up in their faith. So I think that a lot of the the way that you integrate is through, you know, that local church paradigm. And I think that a lot of churches, obviously, there's always room to grow, but they do. They're doing it, you know, to one degree or another. So. I think that's because that's what the church is supposed to do. That that that's why it happens, and it happens probably better. Well, I don't want to generalize, but that's the purpose of the church is to be community, is to be a gathering. Um, but if we're you know, because just going back to what originally we opened up with the problems of American Christianity is that is the church kind of just a shadow of what it was or what it's supposed to be. And I, I would say it is, and but not. I don't want to say every church or whatever, but I would just say generally, it is in that. And I think a lot of churches operate like social clubs, mm-hmm. or back to what you're saying about families. I have noticed when families, they're like different units in a church. Like oh, there's that family, there's this family, and depending on the size of the family and their status, they have like, more pull. Especially when you get to like the smaller churches right? yeah oh yeah and, and but yeah, and i don't want to say that that's look i don't want to say that's like american that's just human you know what i mean yeah um that's and i think those problems were happening i mean in, in you know like in the first century yeah definitely and so but like that's just that's just something that we face as well i i and i but i think this all comes down to being protestant and kind of like because when you have centuries of history in, in, in Catholicism or Orthodoxy where they're building upon every generation, right? Whether right or wrong, they're building mm-hmm. upon that generation. You know, you have, I guess, a sturdier foundation. Again, whether right or wrong. When with Protestantism, right, you have this Reformation, you have people protesting, like you mentioned, Luther and Zwingli agreed on a lot of things, and then it came to the Lord's Supper, and then they were like enemies. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so there was a lot of different movements going on, and that made its way into America. And we're still living that out. We're still kind of, because even in America, then there were more branches or flavors, oh, yeah. right? So it's like, so we're all trying to figure out this big mess and um, why it is. I, it's, 
kind of what you were saying earlier. I don't, I don't know if that's a particularly Protestant thing of just like, I don't know. Was I, was I reading you wrong? Cause I almost got the image in my head that of one of the problems being like, you know, it's a social club, you get together, you go through the service and then it's like, okay, benediction, you know, in the name of the father, the son, the Holy ghost, amen. And then people automatically, they're like, okay, I made eye contact with that guy. I'm going over here. Dude, did you see the game last night? Right. And it's like your attention just 180 degrees. It's like, okay, I was just 30 seconds ago singing about like the redemption that's offered to us by God. But man, I know what I really came here or what I'm really excited about doing today is rubbing it in my friend's face that the, <laughs> you know, the Vikings beat the, the, the Santa's Cardinals. The Aztecs. I don't know. <laughs> the, the Aztecs. They actually just play. Anyway. You but you know, like there, huh? there are. You gotta worry about Vikings. Oh, yeah. Like that ticks me off. Like when, whenever it's, it's. I mean, can we not take the whole freaking you know, day? Well, well, can we not even? Can we not take like five minutes to just kind of like sit, maybe talk to each other about it, but like just kind of process what it is that we just sat under and what we just, uh, even like the words that we just sang. Um, yeah. The fact that it's so quick. Go ahead. No, I was going to mention a name uh, that uh, is a name we all like to hear here. And not, Jesus. Not just Jesus, but it starts with a J. Josh. Josh Williams. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got to give it to this guy because um, going to to the church for the first time, um, and, and this happened plenty of times where after service, you invite us over, we'll yeah. eat or maybe just have tea or whatever, and we'll just continue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe we'll play a game or whatever, but we're still going to continue on what we yeah. were doing uh, throughout service. And it's like, that was never anything but awesome. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it is aggravating when it's just like, yeah, all right, show's yeah, over. I think it was Joe who was, said this about Josh. Mm. And I'm like, it, it really sticks in my head. It's like, this is a quintessential Josh moment where it's like, you know, you go over to his house after church and like, you'd, you'd be talking to him about the sermon. Then you'd just be playing like ticket to ride or whatever. Yeah. And he, he'd get, he'd get like really close to you and he'd put his, his uh, arms up and he'd be like, so, Hey man, uh, how are you leading your wife? And yeah. he just say something like that, like yeah. just cold open to yeah. like a deep conversation. Yeah. Did you ever meet this guy? I don't know. No. If I, man, he no. was, he, and I'm sure he still is a treasure to the people that are, whose life he's a part of. But uh, like, that's, that's a, that's a great thing. Like you said, is just to, to, to keep the Christ centered community going past like 1230. Or I don't know, whenever. But so, sorry, I, I'm going to be the voice of dissension again. Like, uh, uh, I understand the frustration with kind of like that moment of like, hey, like we just, you know, we're reveling in, you know, the glory of of who God is. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, if if we're approaching church, um, faithfully, um. You know, there is area and opportunity to form those social bonds by saying, like, hey, did you watch the game last night or whatever? Yeah. Because, you know, then there's life group that comes <clears throat> elsewhere in the week mm -hmm. or sometimes the same day. And then there's Bible studies that also occur. And so, you know, those those are those channels are available. So, like, I don't think, you know, you need to, you know, stave off your excitement for um, things that are occurring in your life. Um you know, because it's like, 
I, I, I enjoy the openness of, and, and this is, again, probably coming from Catholic Church, where it's like, you walk in the doors, you genuflex. You get to your pew, you <laughs> genuflex. You leave your pew, guess what you're doing, you know? Hmm. Versus like, what's the genuflex? Where you take a knee, do the sign of the cross. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes. Um, you know? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, Circumflex? I'm going to use that. Um, so, genuflex? you know, <laughs> versus like, you know, in, in, in many Protestant churches, like, it's like, there's invitation to get to know each other, to, yeah. to, to meet, to shake hands, to, to talk about other things. Um, because, you know, as Christians, you know, the, the goal is not to just punch a card and be like, oh, yeah. went to church Sunday. Like, there we go. Hit my religion for the week. You know, it's to pursue Christ um, daily. And, and, and I'm, a, I'm not a, against, I'm not right. against like the whole shared interests, you know, whatever, but just when people so eagerly and, and quickly shift gears out of like a conversation or a mindset that's focused on, on Christ and specifically to their real God, you know, which for a lot of people is sport or, you know, just whatever's happening in yeah, entertainment. With, gosh, even with like politics, you know, they can talk about the newest development in the whatever. And, uh, it just, you know, it's like, as soon as I can get my eyes off Christ, I will, you know, Go ahead. it's, it's interesting. Well, Cause what, what Travis is getting at though, is that, um, so, okay. So what's the reason that you want to bring up the football game in the first place? Because you experience some sort of excitement and glory of the game. Yeah. And the fact that you want to... It's like you're kind of sitting through the service so that you have... Well, the fact that you immediately want to shift from what we just were, you know, doing, singing songs of praise to God and, and sitting under the word, uh, the word of God to talk about something that you experienced, this, this glory, it, mm. it shows that... There's a disconnect. It can but... show because I get you're trying to be like sympathetic. Well, well I think I, it can show. Right, like it a... can illustrate something that's going on internally. Like the reason that you wanted to share that with that person <laughs> is because you experienced something through it, yeah. which illustrates the fact that maybe you didn't experience the Anything same thrill through, yeah. through worship. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I just, I do think that there's, I think we're playing, painting a very black and white picture where it's like, well, no, like. When I'm talking, when I approach someone, I say, "Hey, did you experience this thing?" I'm looking for a uh, to to for another common experience. I just experienced church with you. I know I experienced church mm -hmm. with you. You were right there. Now, again, our takeaways are possibly different, but at the same time, like if you were to approach me and say and be like, "Hey, we're going to talk about <clears throat> the football game for 50 minutes," at the end of 50 minutes, I'd be like, "Hey, uh, let's talk about something different." I loved that football game. But now, like, I am thoroughly satiated um, at this moment or, or, or exhausted with football. Like, and, you know, like, hey, I just did church for an hour. It's Catholic math. It's an hour and a half, you know, um, or longer. It's easy to see um, an hour and a half, man. Well, yeah. or longer. But, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like I just I just experienced this. I'm, I went through this. Like, there's a lot. Like, we went through the roller coaster. Like, and I ended it on a high note of praise and glorification um and and like yeah like the the gear switch might seem sudden and and i believe that for some people it's literally like i'm not paying attention i'm just going through motions i'm yeah. saying the words on the screen and then like 
yeah, this is the reason I came. To see, to see you and to talk to you about it. Okay, but, so I finished season nine of Stranger Things. Exactly. But I, I do I do feel for others, oh, and, and I'll, and you know, myself included, that it's like, hey, like, I just did church. That would, like, I need to process, I need to internalize, I need to sit in my own thoughts for it, but I don't get to see you every day or often, or there's a shared experience that I want to discuss. I want to pig off this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well just say it because I'm probably going to mess just up. Just own it. It's, yeah. It's, um, it's your thing. <laughs> um, Should be the name of your podcast. <laughs> Pigging <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, only for Gentiles. And, uh, Ooh, nice. <laughs> no, that sounded like anti-Semitic and it wasn't meant to. Um, but, that's how but anyways. <laughs> Exclusively for Gentiles. Yeah. Then, yeah. No Jews welcome here. <laughs> I think that hits so because you when you back to the original topic. There's so much that we talk about, like so much, you know, so much detail. And uh, again, I'm not trying to get into too much detail, but here's another thing that I would say is kind of part of the problem is is how we do service is kind of inherited from the Catholic Church, but not with again that foundation for it, anyways. Whether right or wrong, and it's like yeah, if you're sitting an hour and a half let's say or just an hour and half of that is spent with someone talking to you or so, talking at you yeah you're not engaged i don't want i don't think that's natural to how humans yeah you know what i mean um this is more natural. i think an hour and a half is a little long for a well how long did paul speak to, to well someone died yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think paul learned a lesson yeah, so. maybe no <laughs> i i think also he was teaching you know that was yeah, a, as it was a teaching context it was late at night also uh-huh. i mean he did talk a lot but it was late at night i think he was talking for hours yeah he he talked late talking. Into i don't know what night. it said yeah. but it was many hours why well, didn't write a letter maybe we could have but, uh, <laughs> is that his name you eutychus 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 um yeah he did it's his only claim to fame <laughs> but like people might just be so on like feels like they're not they haven't engaged and they're just bored and they're just so desperate to get mm. you know so i do want to be mindful of that but that's why i feel like it's a shame because man this could be such a great time to come and really just put everything off and just start meditating and thinking about and talking saying, about and talking you know, about yeah. oh my gosh they should talk and should sing to each other about mm-hmm. it you know it's such beautiful melodies um, like that would just be amazing and Paul talks about it right like yeah. sing songs to each other um, it's, it's, this is part of uh, I, I would say the problem that's, that's going on with American Christianity that's inherited and like you go back to like uh, how Catholics do mass and there is this liturgy, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna tell you as a, as a former Catholic, it still wasn't that engaging. No, bro, uh, I'm I'm saying like, but but so, I will say like it was the 15 minutes that you paid attention to, <laughs> like yeah, you're like oh they gotta check in for this, like this is yeah. the only part that's not. There were some cool parts and, that I really liked, yeah. even though I didn't understand. I cut you off too. I apologize. No, you good. Uh, we've we've in the past few months started at our church doing something specifically with the youth, but I think it would be a great thing just for adults, whoever. You know, to do, and it's called Roundtable, and so every second, so twi- twice a month, um, the second and fourth Sundays of the month, during the 11 o'clock service, I tell the kids, 11 o'clock, meet me at the fountain. If you're at the fountain at 11 o'clock, I'll take you upstairs. And then we go upstairs, and literally I just tell them, what do you guys want to talk about? And it's it needs to be like something, you know, either scriptural or philosophical, or, you know, they can ask me questions about... 
uh, they've asked about like free will or abortion or revelation or or like now I see my, what he's doing. Well, honestly, is this so, your adult experiment? Are we just an adult no, youth dude, group? Team? I'm no, I'm kidding. saying okay. so like these kids, like I'll have kids come up to me most Sundays and be like, "Is there a roundtable today?" And I'll be like, "Oh, it's sorry, it's the first you know Sunday of the month," and they're like. All right. And it's like you can tell that they're bummed because they're about Dude. to do something that to them is very boring, which is for an hour and a half, they're going to, you know, stand and they're going to sing some songs and then they're going to sit and, and listen as someone talks in their direction, you know, but they're not necessarily going to connect with it. And when we're in those roundtables together, like we're in the word and they're active and they're engaged and someone will raise their hand and be like, well, what about this? What about this? You know, um, and the first honestly, I was thinking you know, oh, they'll probably ask, you know, kind of juvenile, whatever types of questions. And the first Sunday that we had one, uh, this girl was like, can you explain Abrahamic religions and like what the difference is between Christianity, Judaism and Islam? And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah, we can. Talk. <laughs> and I was like, OK, does any, is anybody else like have something like that? So I start off by kind of taking topics from people and they were like, no, I want to talk about that. And it's like, these are teenagers you know that are really stoked to be like yeah what is the difference between islam and christianity and judaism and we talked for like an hour and 20 minutes about that and i mean i'm sure a few of them got bored or whatever but i'm it's open for questions and we're we're in the word and it's like you see how you know our god is the god of abraham but you know there's a and just talking about the distinctions and doctrine and they they love it they love it to the extent they're like they're really bummed when they find out, like, oh, man, it's like a regular, it's a regular Sorry. Sunday. You're you like know? the modern day Socrates, you know, right? Dude, <laughs> I agree. Do you like, mean I'm, I'm trying oh, to do, Socrates. I'm trying to do largely, well, you know, it's, it is different than what Socrates did, but it is yeah. like just that open discussion type of format, I think is, dude, if, if as a teenager, but, but I had access, yeah, if as a teenager, I had access to something yeah. like that then yeah. I would have gone... But that's... Like, I would have loved that. Just I, to have a guy yeah. who's gone to Bible college and, you know, who knows not everything, but, like, who knows more than I do and who I can ask geography, questions. Geography, theology, philosophy, SpongeBob quotes. I mean, SpongeBob you have everything. Quotes, yeah, especially. History. The supplements, the psychology. Vitamins. Psychology. <laughs> but that's actually really... Uh, uh, I think it's brilliant, and it's great protein. that you do that because that's what we need more of is this everybody's interacting everybody's growing together everybody's in this together you know it's not yeah. just like there's that one guy or I, there's that band right dude if i think so, i could if i thought i could get away with it i would broaden it out and i'd be like oh let's start including college age people let's start including do it. you know people in their 20s i i'm it's slow the arc of progress is slow you're gonna do like but, secret fountain dude i'm yeah <laughs> honestly though it's, it's one of those things where like, I've been asked, like, oh, do you think it's okay that you're pulling these kids out of, like, service and out of church? And I'm like, look, we're in the Word, and they're... they're Karens? No, I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to like... you about it later. Yeah. But it's like, uh, they're, we're in the Word, <laughs> and they're, honestly, I, I think that they do need to cultivate the ability to preach under, or to sit under the preached Word, even when it's not necessarily, like, enthralling, and they need to cultivate an ability to, to you know, graciously be preached to. Um, but dude, if that's their only experience in church, like what's, how, how edifying does that wind up being? 
yeah, yeah. so Eric said something uh, a while back that was very profound, and that was, Good job, you know, Eric. we, we <laughs> Woo! he said we one, one, he said one single one thing that was profound, it's everything else was, was disposable. <laughs> 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 um, no, but he did say something that was profound, and, uh, and he was saying, you know, we sit through this service, and then the show is over. Yeah. And that's very interesting, because... Really, what has happened in You've watched Protestant? Yeah, we've yeah. watched. We, we've we've turned our worship services into entertainment and something that we production passively view. Um, and then we and then when the show is over, we go home just like we were at a movie theater. Yeah. Um, and because of that, we have a similar issue that Roman Catholics have, and that is that they've become participants. Because the special people in the front do the special things. Yeah. They do the sacrifice. That guy has a good do, singing voice. That guy can play drums. That guy's a gifted speaker. Okay. And, and in the contemporary church, it's it's that. It's the, the right, the yeah. musical gifting and the, and the uh, speaking gifts. Um, and so we've we become uh, passive uh, mm-hmm. spectators rather than participants. Um and and a really great thing would happen if we would move from being spectators to participants and engaging and interacting more. Would would you say that a lot of those problems um, derive from the size of church? That was yeah, that's could be man. Like that's one well, thing I, I was going to bring up is how how do we uh, assess megachurches? And what, well, I wouldn't even say megachurches. Like I would say. How many would you say attend CCC? <laughs> oh, right now, currently, yeah. of like COVID, in, in, or... in one. In one um, service, sorry, yeah. uh, let's cap it at maybe like 150 right now. Like, do you think, like, I would not consider that a mega church by any stretch no. of the imagination. Like, no. do you but think. But can 150 what, people engage well together? Like yeah. that. Like, and, and quite frankly, like, <clears throat> I believe church at many times has gotten too large, even at 150 people services. And, I mean, that's kind um, of the point of life groups is where you do kind of like, okay, we've all heard the lesson. Now let's kind of break into our groups and chop it up. But you know? the, but the challenge with that is, you know, what we were just extolling was like, oh, it's great that you have someone who's educated and all this stuff. Like life group, um, some are led by educated individuals. Mm-hmm. Others are just led by like, hey, I got the space. I got the, time. you know, so the time. Say, like, like I can host it. And then it's a bunch of, you know, just regular, um, you know, Christians coming together. And there's no direction. There's no leadership. There's no. There's not somebody who says, "Hey, actually, I've studied this. I know this." It's just mm. people who have said, "Well, I've attended church Let's on Sundays. Um, I've heard other people talk about." Yeah, yeah. You know, and what and so, and I what think does this mean to you? we should also clarify: life group is the weird culty name that our church gives to yeah, it's actually, Bible yeah, study yeah, groups. Must, yeah, the first Bible time I heard that, I was like, "Life group, group like." Yeah. yeah, the first time I mentioned have to get like make a blood pact with someone. <laughs> the first time I mentioned life group, somebody seriously thought like I was attending like. AA, but for suicidal like tendencies, Dang. and they're, well, like, they're like, "Are yeah. you okay? Like, are you?" I'm like, "Oh no, 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 yeah. no, 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 not, no, no, no! I'm, I'm just, not, I'm just a weird." They person. are called yeah. life groups too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, what do you call you? Why not just small groups? What about? Small, oh yeah, life group. Or, yeah. Bible or, study like they're small groups at our church. They're called that's small groups. Called small groups. Yeah, or, um, I, I really like the word community groups. Yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's yeah, good too. I like that too. But yeah, or just groups. But I think just group. Groups that are smaller, <laughs> small groups, yeah. <laughs> so mega churches are intrinsically bad. Uh, I think it, unless the mega church is the only church that you're experiencing, the only interaction with the word, right. with the text. Yeah, and, I would yeah. say. That. But there's like this stigma of because it's not just that they're big, 
But usually they're very loud. And a brand. Right, they're usually yeah. very image focused. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mega church, like the whole idea of contemporary worship, the performance style of yeah. worship is very fog much machines. associated with, yeah, fo- the light shows, the fog machines. Um, the synthesizer in the background. <laughs> Dude, that's why I like praise. <laughs> that's another thing yeah, I really like about my church is that, like, the, the, the decisions that we make about those sorts of things are theologically informed. Like, I've heard Luke, our worship pastor, talk about how. Like here, we keep the lights on because we like the idea that while you're singing these songs, you're going to look over and you're going to see, you know, Melinda or you're going to see Jerry or you're going to, you know, whoever. And it's like, wow, like I'm I'm singing this and like I'm singing with her. And right now I know that she's going through this. And so like I, I need to be called to the fact that, you know, we're living the Christian life out together. Go ahead. Where did the idea of dimming the lights even come from? performance and entertainment Charles Finney would say, say, and wherever yeah. the lights Probably are Charles Finney? Uh, I would say worshiping in psychology secret. no I, I think it's a psychological no there's yeah. definitely like a psychological like oh let's play some soft sappy music and dim the lights and like you're, you're almost it's like you're trying to romance people down the aisle well, so what is the purpose of of the light it's to get your it's this is the focus the, Draw your the, the light to the shines stage, yeah. where you want people to to, to look put yeah. their attention and the fact that you guys leave your lights on is very significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it actually communicates sort of like a theological truth, and that exactly. is the worship is happening, and the, the focus Everywhere. needs to be yeah. on each other rather than at the front. And that's yeah. that's really profound, I think. Well, again, to jump off of what you're saying, uh, pig <laughs> with no animals. Um, Let me <laughs> pig off here. Let me go uh, off this. Look at the design of churches. This is what I'm saying. We inherit this from the Catholicism and, and Orthodoxy, where the idea is that the front of the church is the altar, is supposed to represent the Holy of Holies, and here's the priesthood after offering the sacrifice and everything. And it doesn't, I mean, and again, right or wrong, that's that makes more sense from where they're coming from. We've taken that out, and we still have this, like, altar stage. That's like, you could see churches uh, where you have the, the pews or whatever facing each other. Now it's circular, it's no longer a stage, and the center is where the word is going to be read or where someone's leading worship and everything. I think that's actually even, that might be... Well, wouldn't you say that Mm -hmm. the idea of the word being read at the front and then we're all, like, pointing towards... I I just, I get what you're trying to say, I just don't think there winds up being that profound of a difference. Um, Like, we build it as a rectangle, and, you know, we build a lot of things like rectangles, and then the thing... Like the preaching, the preached yeah. word is is what's going on up front. And are you talking about like Quaker churches where well, there's different they kinds. just build them as squares and it's all these seats all facing toward the middle. Oh, you can. And there's like, no oh, real leadership in a Quaker church. There's no well, pastor. Right. They don't believe in pastors. Yeah, but that's well, like, it's not. That's not necessarily what that is supposed to represent. Is oh, we don't believe in pastors. Yeah, <laughs> but, but would but, you say that the square, the inward facing square, is the optimal shape? Of uh, a congregation. I would. It is so, a very interesting idea. I mean, you, it's at CCC they've done that. For well, and special, we do round tables. Right, right. And it's pretty much everybody's. But you know, do you remember those special worship nights that happened? Setting of the everybody, sun. Yeah, setting of the sun. And I thought that that. I mean, of course, then the lights were off. And <laughs> so, <laughs> but if the lights were on and everybody was awake, uh, <clears throat> I think it would be. Yeah, I think it would be much better. Hmm. To be honest with you, because like. There's a difference when you're in the front to when you're all the way in the back and how you 
It's psychologically what it does. At least yeah. that's how I find it. Yeah, I would say definitely. Like, <laughs> I try to sit in the front because I know that if I sit in the back, there's going to be too many things between me and the preaching of the word that are going to distract me. Right. It's like, oh, that, you know, that uh, lady's unwrapping a Jolly Rancher or whatever. And then it's, it's like, I will take my attention to different places. The... The question is like how did how did the Christian church begin and like in what form? Um, Rectangles. And they were, they met in houses though, right? Yeah. And I mean we don't really know exactly how they gathered or how they assembled. Um but you you got to assume that there was it was definitely more personable. It was, you know, there was probably this facing each other and there was this like family atmosphere to it. Mm. Um rather than you know what we have today and 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 maybe you would have you know still like a, a pastor front and, and some people gathered and but the the more time went on the more there was a separation between the lay people and the clergy and then uh like with the basilicas it was you know very long yeah. rectangular shaped buildings and you had the the audience and then you had the people at the front and then you had these giant cathedrals where it continued to stretch out and then you had this giant choir and the priests who do the the sacraments, and then you have like a hundred yards away. Uh, maybe that's obviously way too far. That's but um, cool. it's um, an exaggeration. But then you have the audience. that is not an exact. Well, a hundred yards. hundred yards. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a I mean, there probably are churches. Yeah. Somewhere that are that big. There are but, cathedrals that are giant. Yeah. But, Dude, uh, Joe and I went to uh, St. Joseph's Basilica up in Montreal. It's the uh, largest yeah, yeah. church building in the Western Hemisphere. And I was like, our church could fit inside this church several times. And right. I, I don't feel like ours is a small church. And it wasn't like, oh, it's just an amphitheater. It's ornate. It's like every square inch of the place has been designed with purpose to um, well, the acoustics to say something, you know. Yeah, did, yeah the acoustics. Did they have are, the artifact on display? The heart? Well, every basilica is different. Yeah, but... they had the heart of St. Joseph in a jar. On and, display, yeah. Like I mean, it. you don't get to touch it. But well, yeah, no. <laughs> See the uh, patron saint of cardiovascular. You didn't know that. Problems. What is that? Like, <laughs> if you lose your yeah, car keys the, in your what, heart, like what defines a basilica versus a cathedral versus a church? Well, to the Roman Catholics, at least. Right. Well, I, wait. You're I saying relic? it's the artifact? Yeah. Oh, that's that's what defines. I don't know a basilica. That, but... A basilica has a, a relic or a remnant of a saint huh. housed there, and then a cathedral is the resting place of the saint. Like, like the body is buried there. Dude. Okay, so you were saying, dude. Oh, dude. That was so <laughs> educational. <laughs> no, but that's really... I had no idea that, that that was the case. That's pretty interesting. And, and that, that kind of defines why basilicas are a little more grand than, like, a regular church and why cathedrals are even more grandiose. What was the Hagia Sophia? Hagia Sophia. Has, yeah. Hagia? If you're if you're Hagia. a white person, you can, the Hagia Sophia. If you're looking for the Hagia Sophia, the Gorilla, the Hagia, the Hag. Anyway, what's, the hag? What, what's your the question? Where's the, where's the old Hagia? <laughs> what's your question? Uh, was that a basilica, a cathedral? I don't I don't know <laughs> if it was necessarily <laughs> either a temple. A temple. I mean, I know that the one that's standing now is not the original. But it is it the one. The well, it's better than the original because clearly, the original was, uh, I think, a riot took it down, and then um, who was it? Justinian. He wound up 
rebuilding it, but like way more grandiose than it originally was. And then it's it's since been taken over by, um, by is by the Ottomans, I believe. The so Ottomans. an Islamic uh, emirate that wound up putting those four spires. Those those have been uh, added since. But I mean, it's I, I would very much like to oh. go there before I die. So uh, might be when you die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's officially the Hagia Sophia Grand Mosque, and formerly nah, the yeah. Church of the Hagia Sophia. It was established as a patriarchal cathedral. Um, Which patriarch is buried there? Uh, we'll look that up in a little bit. Father uh, Sophia. It was it was so. converted into a mosque, <laughs> uh, and then it reopened in 2020 as a mosque. Yeah. So it is currently... Could have like a grand reopening. Open for business. Kind Come to ribbon. the mosque and have some... Uh, sh- I don't know what they offer in the... Shwarma? Shwarma? I don't know if that's... Tur- that's not Turkish. Turkish delight. Have some Turkish delight. <laughs> have some Turkish delight. Couscous. Like... <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like we've kind of reached a... There's a lot to yeah, say. Yeah, there, there, there's so much yeah. to say that, like, I'm I'm okay with revisiting this. Oh yeah. And kind of, like, I, I'm I wouldn't say that this podcast is about anything. It's just about whatever we want to talk about in the moment. Um, Socratic discussion. But definitely, like, what are ways that? What are what are methods that we could incorporate into our Christian lives, both? corporate as far as like the the local church is concerned and then even as individuals and collected individuals from various churches um that point us toward christ like i think these are really important questions to ask like how should i be pursuing god what does it look like for me to pursue godliness and yeah some of it is known but it's like it doesn't happen on its own you know you you strive you press toward the mark um so yeah, anything else that anybody wants to say? Just kind of a wrap up what we've been talking about. This has been good. This has been, I think, one of the better ones. I mean, I, I always enjoy this. But, uh, you know, maybe more productive and important ones that we've talked about. So, Tune in to the Domini Effect. On, uh... <laughs> I think that's the first time you've said the name of the actual podcast. Yeah, Selfless Shameless is the word you're looking for. Yeah. But, uh... Self, why did I say selfless? <laughs> well, because we're serving the Lord. <laughs> no, I but seriously, really like, uh, or only, <laughs> only people who will have listened to all two hours of this podcast right, will now right. know the name of yours. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what we're, that's what we're aiming Have you guys for. launched yet? No, yeah, no, no, that was totally hypothetical. Tune uh, in, uh, tune in hypothetically this, when we, uh... this podcast is made under the presupposition that Unless it is as easy as possible, I just won't do it. Yeah. So I press record, and then I record a short intro after this, and right then now, I just uh, upload all of it. We're, we've uh, cleared the ground for pouring concrete for the launching pad. <laughs> that's really yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is so. a, this is a, yeah, the content of this is a pretty good launching point. Yes, yeah, so for what for for our goal for our vision for and the, the launch episode. Moment. Yeah, well, we'll count it down with T minus. Or you could just record here. 300 days. Every Monday. That's true, too. I mean, we could anyway. do that. Now, I know you're wanting to do other things. All right. <laughs> Anything? Anything from anybody? Nope. If not, thanks for being with us. See you next time.